All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of the 413 podcast featuring the PCB boys. What up, fellas? Hey. Yo, what up? Hey. All right. And uh, today's topic, we are picking our favorite films from four different decades. We're each going to get our chance to lead our own decade. Um, we came up with the 70s, 80s, 90s and 2000s for our choices we weren't genre specific just give us your favorite movie from that decade and uh we're gonna go through and i think we're gonna hear some interesting choices i am very curious to hear what y'all's favorite movie was from the 70s so i think this will be interesting I think we got the first pick for the 70s. Uh, I'm really glad I got the first pick for the 70s. I was going to say, we don't have to start yet. I was just going to like see if anyone else wanted to chime in and say like, yeah, this is going to be an interesting list, you know? I, yeah, sorry. I just I I didn't. Okay. I was trying to leave it so that in case anyone else wanted yeah, to, this is gonna be to say something. Left. Trying to coax. <laughs> All right, let's pretend that I just ended off by saying it's going to be a very interesting list. I am pretending. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting list. <laughs> I'm excited Woo! to see what he for all four of them. This yeah. is the most eclectic person I know. So, Was there a Harry Potter, mo- a Harry Potter movie that came out each, each one of those decades? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there were superhero movies, too. Don't forget, there were those shitty like Captain America ones. Very true. Yeah. And Andy, What's- you also can't pick Nick's first birthday party as your favorite movie from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, uh, our round uh, table here is going to begin with Bill doing his favorite pick from the seventies, and uh, we'll kind of roll from there. Andy is going to take the lead on the eighties. I'll be taking the lead on the nineties, and Jared's got the double O's. Ooh ooh. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, Bill, 1970s. Take yourself back there. It's Sicily. 1970. It is Sicily. That is a great intro right there because uh, if it's the 1970s, there's two movies. Pick one. Define the I'm picking one. But it's two. I get. I get where he's going already. We got a whole two number two situation again. This okay. I get uh, Bobby De Niro. I get uh, court scenes. I get uh, trips back to Sicily. Literally, like a fourteen-year-old Bill would watch this movie incessantly. I thought it was, I broke a VHS because I played it so much. <laughs> so I absolutely love this movie. I, I haven't watched it in about five years now. I gotta do another rewatch of this, but yeah, um, it ekes out the first Godfather just because the way that De Niro played it, a young uh, Vito Corleone, like it so fucking awesome. Everything about this movie, the way they were shot, like incredible, incredible. I, if I was the last pick on this, 
because I know this movie is probably going to get picked or Godfather. And I was like, all right, if you pick one, the other one's off the table. There, there was actually a lot of good things in this, uh, in this decade, but Godfather two is maybe my favorite movie of all time. So yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going with. That's very solid. And I, as soon as you said there's two, I was thinking like, all right, so the only like two movies that are that competitive, I think, in the 70s is The Godfather <laughs> and The Godfather 2. <laughs> they both they both really hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. The Godfather 2, I think, just ekes out that for the first one. There's a lot of movies in this uh, decade that did get sequels and... Uh, multiple sequels so i mean godfather one and two hit pretty hard godfather three probably won't be my uh, 90s pick but we'll see anything's possible sure we're not there yet classic very film. i agree i like this. i like classic. those two a lot i think the second one I agree with you is the better of them, but just barely. And it's just because barely. of those scenes, like where you see how he grew up and what, you know what I mean? Like it's just definitely it's good. I mean, cause the first one is great too, though. I mean, it, it's very hard to compare the two, Yeah, but uh, a young Al Pacino. I mean, both of them are young Al Pacinos, yeah. but like, you know, the right after the war and also the way that Godfather two ends when it actually goes back to the table uh, in the original uh, Godfather, yeah. and when he's just when he's talking about how he's going to uh, war and uh, serving his country, and uh, it's uh, Big Vito's birthday, just oh, man, everything is like a nice full circle there. It's it's incredible. If they ended, if it just was one and two, might be one of the best franchises ever. Sadly, three happens. Yeah. So. <laughs> Listen, 2020. It's just yeah. the, <laughs> the vision, Godfather not the year. <laughs> Godfather, Turtles in Time. <laughs> yeah, Godfather 3 is the Turtles in Time. Yes. Of that fucking franchise. No doubt about I, it. I, and I gotta say, Godfather 2 is Secret of the Use. the brother and sister, too, where you're like, they're gonna oh, get yeah. together. Pete's hard to do, aren't they? And then you're like, wait a minute, they're, 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 they're cousins. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. No, we're not talking it about Blue Lagoon. Make- <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Godfather. Bill, the fact that you live in uh, Northern Berkshire County, you should probably not be talking about how cousins <laughs> is all right. But, but I digress. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, for the next uh, 70s pick, we're going to go uh, down to Andy. Um, what do you got for number your first choice in the 1970s? My first choice is right at the end of the 70s, 1979, Alien. Oh, oh good Not the first horror movie I've ever seen, but at mm. the time when I saw it, probably the sc- the one that scared me the most. It's just the, the 70s. The 70s was actually really interesting because when you go back and look at the movies that were created in the 70s, they had some of the most fucked up horror movies. Okay. Like, I thought, like, for horror, like, they really were very adventurous, but like, just some of the weirdest, like, scariest in their own way um, movies came out th- during that decade. 
my three favorite scariest movies all came out of the 70s. I'm not going to say any of the others in case I get picked, but Alien was definitely on that list. It was, it was my third choice. So Alien, it's just because it's a I classic. I, I think I got one of those, Bill. It's like it's just scary. It's suspenseful. It really adds everything in it. Like Ridley Scott, he he had it down, and it's like like the vagueness of what the fuck the aliens even are makes them creepier. It's that unknown factor. Like even Tolkien would say, it's the not knowing that makes it crazy. Like people would ask him questions about his books and he would just say, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Cause the not knowing is what makes it like, it just makes it that much more. For sure. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, I mean, obviously this came way later, but like the Blair, Witch project kind of theory, you know, it's exactly. like when you create enough of this, like unknown that like, even though you're like, come on, those are actors. That's not real. But then they made such a good backstory that the people like don't exist anymore. Like, or like you can't find them or they're missing or whatever. Like it created so much more of this, like it sort of like blurred the lines of what was reality and what was film. And I agree that alien kind of gave you enough of this, like interesting and, um, because they found a ship, there's eggs in it. One of the guys gets attacked and then out of nowhere, he's fine. And they're like, you're like, okay, like, are more of those things going to come out? Like, what happened? And then something rips out of his chest because, like, you're thrown all over the place because you don't know what is the threat. Is it the thing on his face? Like, are they going to be fighting millions of those? And then out of nowhere, no, it's this one thing that's hunting him down and killing well, him. That most I mean, technically, too. that's all the yeah. same thing, just at different stages, right? No, because the face hugger it's is all a still separate organism from the alien. It's what the queen lays the eggs that have face huggers in them. Uh, the face huggers implant the alien seed in your chest and then die. So they're all like their purpose is literally to plant an alien seed and die. Made me not want to eat spaghetti for like three months after I saw that. Like, but then you watched the, the Godfather and you went right back to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, Bill, I've seen you eat. I would love to see you eat spaghetti because you are messy. <laughs> you are a messy Bessie, funny. my friend. <laughs> it looks like a face I uh, was just here. It's you ever brought me like M&M's <laughs> like all over the place. We're going to have to all have a spaghetti party. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but <laughs> we're going to do it. Don't, don't type that into Google. I feel like that. Pretty sure it's, it's like it's lemon party, bad. but it's all Italian. That's, yeah, it's, it sounds like <laughs> innocuous enough, but there's something dark over there. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, all right, any uh, last thoughts about Alien, or should we move on? All right, uh, incredible. It's good. Solid there's choice. also uh, a really funny um, recut of the trailer as like a comedy. A, a comedy, yeah. Yeah, with the cat, starring the cat. It was incredible. <laughs> They've been doing a lot of those. I saw like one that was like, um, uh, what was it? Um, actually, I don't want to mention it because it's actually one of my picks for movies, so I won't. I won't say. Oh, it. I can't wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like mine is a little bit more of an oddball after hearing those two great choices. So hopefully, um, y'all have uh, seen this so you can relate. But um, I think it's. Um, it's something that you probably have seen in a million different ways. Like they've done this sort of, um, 
this premise, obviously, and um, I'm sure we're going to hear more about it later on the list. But um, I think the genius of this movie was that it was based on a true story. And it is like kind of so unbelievable in a sense because it was the um, impenetrable fortress that is Alcatraz. And um, I'm going to go with uh, 1979's uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Did um, they have Clint Eastwood in it? Yeah, Clint Eastwood oh. played uh, uh, Frank Morris, who was like, you know, the the bank robber mastermind who gets in there and realizes that it's a good challenge for him because he'd escaped so many other prisons that they put him on Alcatraz, even though Alcatraz is really more designed for, you know, hardcore criminals, murderers, things like that. You know, this dude was a bank robber, but because he was getting out of every single prison that he went into, um, they decided, well, we're going to throw the dude in an Alcatraz because he won't be able to escape. And um, the motherfucker defied, <laughs> defied those rules. But um, yeah, I just think, um, you know, like I never read the book. Um, I have like a book of like kind of like fun facts about the, you know, the kind of the, the story and some of the stuff that went into it. But um, like learning about it through the movie for the first time, I thought it was like so intriguing. Like they made the paper mache heads to, to act as if they were still in bed. Um, and um you know, how they used um, those like trash bags to make life rafts and stuff to, to swim across um, from the, from the Island. And um, I think it was just, um, you know, it was one of those films that like you're rooting for the bad guys. And so like, I think that's, uh, you know, they, they give you enough of the, I guess the scene from all the, the other prisoners in the movie and, um, you start to really see how it like is breaking the spirit of of everybody, and so like it kind of like you know you kind of get the idea that something is going to happen, and then um, obviously it's in the name, but um, I just thought it was such a great movie, and uh, I probably watch it like once a year if it's on, or I just seek it out, um, even though it's a pretty long movie. It's 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 still like to me, I get I get those um, you know edge of my seat kind of things going on. So yeah. That's what I'm going for. I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. It sounds dope. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, you guys gotta get on it. It's great. Sorry, I gave some of it away, but no, no. I, but it's been to, forty. I mean, it's been forty plus years, so I think uh, at this point, um, I've seen parts of it. I don't remember the whole thing, but it is an amazing movie. Absolutely amazing. Clint, anything Clint did, like so good. All right, and to uh, round off the 1970s, we've got Big Jared. Well, all right, let's call him Jared. My 1970s pick, I'm doing 1974 film, uh, Young Frankenstein from Mel Brooks. Oh, so good. Wow. <laughs> he had some doozies in that's the 70s. A that's a good choice. Oh, that's a great pick. That's one of the few I've ever... Super fondly, black and white. It's like, uh, what is this as a kid? It's like, how old is this? Oh, wait, this is hilarious. Gene Wilder and Cloris Leachman. The dad from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I can never remember his name. Um, I mean, we could do just a podcast on Mel Brooks movies, though. Like, what's your favorite? Fair enough. 
And that would be just as hard of a list as picking an 80s movie that's your favorite. Yeah, he classy dude and uh, brilliant mind. 100%. Uh, One of the funniest, funniest people ever. Yeah, he he was very satirical. Gene Wilder himself, I mean, come on. I, I mean, just a talent. Can we do a quick honorable mention? Sure. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, mine is The Exorcist because that was the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I was going to say, when, Andy, when you said Alien was the scariest movie, I was going to say, man, The Exorcist was fucked up. Yeah, that's the scariest. Not even my favorite. None of those two are my favorite horror movie that's also from the 70s. So. Right, right. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I love the 70s movies. Like, there's some bangers well i gotta say that uh not that we're gonna go like through a whole list of honorable mentions but one that i was like um a couple other ones that i was thinking of um that i was like ah no you know they're not quite there but i remember like liking a lot as a kid um saturday night fever i watched the fuck (laughs) out of that movie it was like dark depressing movie but man john travolta could dance Yep. But but also one that my uncle turned me on to that ended up becoming like to me like a cult classic that I could watch at any time and it was just like um it it brought you back I think to the time um because you know um my uncle would tell me about how he was in a gang growing up in the Bronx and um and like a lot about how the neighborhoods were and how there was so much feuding and just like he really kind of walked you through and, and told me a lot of stories about that. And so uh, when we watched it, I said, can you dig it? I was going to say that, that is Warriors. The Warriors. Definitely- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I, I, I was thinking about it, but I was like, yeah, you know, like it's cinematically Escape from Alcatraz is a better movie, but. <laughs> Bill had it on his list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I like four years, but I mean that nothing brought more fear into my heart than aliens. So I, anything in the seventies, I'd have to put that in there because it's still something to this day that I watch those movies every time Ridley Scott comes out with like an alien movie or that alien video game that came out that was creepy as hell. I'm like, I gotta. Yeah. But even like uh, for, for, sure. for 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 like. I mean, obviously, Halloween was out in 1979, yeah. so like, obviously, great horror franchise really kind when of set was the bar. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 1974. Like okay. Oh yeah, so that was definitely yeah. I again, like, Black Christmas came out in the 70s too. I think like late 70s, oh. and that was again was like one of the first like, you know, first person kind of slasher type movies. I think that really kind of scared the shit out of me. Um, I think it doesn't get enough credit because it's a Christmas movie. I think it's sort of like people always put Christmas movies in like in their own genre, even if it's a great movie. It's just like, oh, it's a Christmas movie, you know. Um, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> is like super creepy. Um, but I remember like thinking it was so scary. But when I watch it now, I got to say that like it's the filming on it and everything is really great. But it it takes a long time to get to any action. And then when it gets to the action, it's just like nonstop screaming. And uh, (laughs) it kind of gets a little bit overwhelming at a point where you're just like, 
it's just constant screaming. Yeah. It's like overload your senses. But I think, um, you know, just like they want that tension. Yeah, it, it built enough tension that when there was a release from that, and it had that great scene with Leatherface swinging the chainsaw and the sunrise was was pretty excellent. So good. Yeah. All right, I think we have a pretty solid list from the '70s. I think if if someone said I need to watch five movies from the '70s on a desert island, I think we uh, we gave them a pretty good selection of things to watch. Uh, we covered several genres, so uh, solid list, solid choice, friends. Let's see how we do in the uh, '80s with uh, Andy leading off. So this, this is going to be a toughest round, right? <laughs> This one took me a while. Um, I had to come back to the 80s. Too many ways to go. There was there was ways too many ways to go, and it was a lot of back and forth. And then I decided on the first horror movie I ever saw, um, Fright Night. Oh, yeah, yep. Because I, 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 to this day, like you said, if something, if like, if I'm like thinking, if it's something's on TV between a couple of things, like I'm like, if Fright Night's on, I gotta watch it. Like, I, I, I don't have TV now, but I loved Fright Night. It was just, I feel like an all-star cast. Um, I just, I couldn't, I can't get enough of that movie. Like, it's not Michael J. Fox, huh? You're thinking Teen Wolf. Or the one where he's with the ghost in the <laughs> You're thinking Doc Hollywood, Caitlin. <laughs> You're thinking Doc Hollywood. Come on. Back to the future. You're thinking Life with Mikey. Get over it. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, he does like it. But... I just, I mean, it's just a great movie from start to finish. I mean, I know they tried to remake it a couple years ago, and mm. the remake's not the same. Like, the original one was just so good. Like, when they hire the the famed vampire hunter, and a guy's like, dude, I can't drink holy water for religious beliefs. And he's like, all right, I'll put tap water in it for you. And then when he's looking in his mirror, and he realizes that he's a vampire because he has no reflection. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just classically Got good. It. Andy, for some reason I thought your favorite horror movie in the 80s was gonna be Mac and Me. But <laughs> Mac and Me. That would be like if you picked worst movies to ever come out in the world, Mac and Me. Oh, I just thought Jared crossed it off his list. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hopefully we got a backup over there. Jared's like, well, I loved McDonald's. I would love a McDonald's paid movie. Dance scene with Ronald McDonald for like 10 minutes in the middle of the movie. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah i have to watch it again i actually had it on my um i think it was on like hulu or netflix or something and i had it added to the queue and i kept this passing over it because i'm like ah, i'm not into it right now but um I, I do remember uh watching it as a kid i mean i remember getting it from video studio 12 it was my seventh movie for my seventh day for 777 um and what a uh, deal I remember it being one of the standouts. I rented so many horrible horror movies during that time. Um, I'm pretty sure that Fright Night was one that I was like, okay, no, this one's pretty legit. So good Fright call Night on that. Is, it's just, it's absolutely legit. Cause it's like, it's classic eighties horror. So it's like, it's got a little bit of blood in it, but it's, it's not CGI. I mean, I feel like CGI is kind of ruined horror um, in a way. Yeah. Well, it's 1980. I know. So there's yeah. no CGI, but I mean, when you watch horror movies <laughs> nowadays and they're just, kind of cgi crap and over the top with blood like these horror effects like even friday the 13th like you know and nightmare on elm street i mean these are classic horror effects that stand the test of time yeah agreed 
Uh, the difference with uh, those kind of cheesy. Uh, some stuff's good nowadays, but some of it's definitely not. The difference for me, I should say, with those movies is I saw those movies. I never saw Fright Night. I apologize. That's okay. I almost picked the Lost Boys, but I was like, I love Fright Night just too much. I love the Lost Boys too, though. That's All a quality right. movie. So, All right, I'm not gonna say anymore, just in case someone has that on their list. Yes. All right, I who's next? Jared Quick, go. Or I ruined. I am up. Um, all right, so um, I went a very different route than you, Andy. I am a big horror fan, but um, I don't have... Uh, well, I do have one horror movie on my list. but um, So this is where I had a really tough time. And uh, I know this movie is like stupid as can be, but um, to me, um, when I watched it as a kid, it was like the dream come true kind of thing. And now that um, I'm more in the shoes that I was looking to be in, I realized that... Um, fuck that would be a terrible wish um hopefully it makes sense but um you know i throw a coin in the old zoltar machine and uh i want to be big too hell yeah uh 1988 uh penny marshall directed it penny marshall from uh laverne and shirley um she also ended up doing uh she did a league of their own was another like classic movie that i thought was really good um that she did but yeah, my uh, good old friend Josh Baskin, uh, played by Tom Hanks, um, goes down to the old boardwalk and throws a quarter in and wishes to be big because he's tired of living life as a kid, sharing a room with his, uh, I think it's his baby sister. I don't think it's even a brother. Yeah, baby sister. And um, yeah, just trying to, you know, trying to move on and, and grow up a little bit. And then, uh, you know, they throw him in New York City and it's sort of like that kind of like blank check fantasy where it's like he's got all this money and he's like you know he's in new york and he he gets that that dope apartment with the um you know like the vending machines and the trampoline and the bunk beds and stuff and it just sort of was like the dream come true kind of uh thought you know being a kid that that was like the coolest thing in the world so um again like a little bit of a you know kitschy kind of comedy um in a way and um Definitely a lot of very bizarre um, uh, pedophilia in that movie (laughs) in one weird way or another. Um, But I guess they don't like to talk about that. I guess technically his body was older, so that's okay, right? (laughs) Um, But really terrific movie. Made me a dreamer. Lots of funny scenes. Tom Hanks was excellent. He was outstanding in that movie. He did such a when good job. That's true. But I think being one of his earlier earlier movies, that was a little bit more wholesome. You know, um, I think uh, that movie, like, I'm pretty sure it's probably PG. Maybe maybe it's PG-13. But I think it was PG. Um, yeah. I mean, that... The, most the, of the TV cuts and stuff are probably PG, even if it wasn't. Yeah, the famous piano scene. Um, you know, playing in the oh, iconic. yeah, I mean, it's just uh, so many cool things in that movie, but yeah, that uh, it was very difficult, but big it is. That's an incredible pick. My favorite incredible. scene from that movie is the board meeting when he's playing with yeah. the toy and it just sucks. He's like, Yeah, that the skyscraper or whatever. And he's like, What do you mean? Yeah. It's a skyscraper, it turns into a robot. He goes, Yeah, I don't get it. Like, why not bugs or something? Something like, uh, like, <laughs> everyone's like, 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 like,
he sabotaged my meeting. But you're like, you think about it, and you're like, yeah, because like as a kid, I'd be like, why the hell did you buy me a robot that skyscraper that turns into a robot? Like this thing sucks. Well, I think it also kind of gave it gave you like kind of like yes. kid power where you're like, listen, like a kid can come up with these cool ideas too. Like, you know, we can be, you know, so it was uh very motivational in that sense. So props to Big. The revolution has recesses. Sure has. All right, we're coming around uh to Jer Bear there. Uh for my 1980s pick, I'm gonna do the 1987 Rob Reiner flick, uh, Princess Bride. Nice. Mm. An old fairy tale esque. Anybody want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? It's got Andre the Giant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, say no more. Of itself, right there. That's everything. Yeah. yeah, Andre was amazing. I'll be honest with you. Like, I watched it probably twice as a kid and I have not watched it since. And uh, everybody always talks about how amazing it is. And I just like, for some reason I cannot go back and watch it. I don't know. Maybe this will be the right uh, step in the right direction for me. It's just a good story. Homesick one. Good story. Good actors. Good film. All-time classic, absolutely. Indeed. All right, Bill, let's get to you before we, just in case anyone ruined your pick. Quick thing, Andy. I don't think anybody's going to ruin it. One one sec. I'm I'm gonna just um I'll I'll mute you, Andy, if um if you're chewing or whatever. But if you mute your own microphone, it cuts up your audio clips and it doesn't line them up. So when I go oh, to listen okay. to this later, I have to move every single one of your things so it makes sense. So if you don't mute, if you can help it, I'll just Got if it. you make noise, I'll just cut you out. All right, it's time for Bill to give us his '80s selection. Gentlemen, I was worried. I was like, I'm going to be the fourth pick. There's no way there's going to be a John Hughes movie out there that I can pick. <laughs> but now I'm looking at my list and I have all the John Hughes movies. And now it's, <laughs> now there's a problem. I have to pick. And uh, you now have to narrow it down. I, yeah. I, I'm, oh, hell yeah. Uh, oh, there's the, there's the 80s. <laughs> J- Jerry, I don't want to look at your new ones. I gotta close my eyes. GBs, what's it gonna matter? It's a whole list. I can pick any one of them. It's fine. I, uh, I'm gonna bite the bullet here. I might have a bullet for breakfast because I'm going with the Breakfast Club. Sixteen candles. Sixteen candles. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, you made the right choice, Bill. That's not what you're going with. Nah, I, 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 I did. <laughs> actually the first one written down, but the last second, uh, switched to breakfast club. I mean, what a story and, and, and people coming together. And that's what movies should do. Bring people together. So many iconic lines in that movie. Um, just one of my favorite Molly Ringwald, uh, movies of all time. There's so many, but this one the soundtrack for that phenomenal yeah the ending scene yeah, what is simple lines that? Mm-hmm. wanted a mullet and i wanted to get a diamond stud in my ear 
What else? Tears for Fears? Tears for Fears on that one too? Yep. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Uh, Man, when I think of 80s movies, that's the first movie I think (laughs) of. 16 Candles, like, I love that movie, but I think of Breakfast Club every single time I think of the 80s. I agree. I felt I think, bad not going Goonies. I will Goonies say. is a class. I mean, there's a lot of 80s movies, though, that are really good. Like, it's hard to pick a oh, favorite because yeah. there's just so many that are so good. Yeah, we could have done a whole... We could have we had so many movies, we could have put them in Troy's bucket. 100 of each decade. And still get <laughs> nowhere near all the ones we want. Jared, I saw a movie at your house a while back that had a bunch of X's on it that was called One-Eyed Willie. Is that different than the Goonies? <laughs> uh, some sort of city slickers joke in there somewhere, right? What the hell was that dude's? Cur- Curly. Curly. Curly's Gold? Was that that one? What was his last name? Curly Pubes? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um... Yeah, I, the thing is about the Breakfast Club is I agree, Bill. It was like more of that coming of age, bringing people together type movie where I don't think the other ones really did. It was more about like getting the girl or wanting to be like de- so desperate to be liked. Um, so I thought like those movies were not. Um, I guess they they didn't relate to everybody as much as the Breakfast Club did because the Breakfast Club you could be any one of those characters and there were all those characters like in in everyone's high school or whatever and so I felt like it was more relatable in the sense that it just was it didn't take the story from one specific point of view. Great point. Absolutely, you could look at you know different groups of people and be like, oh, I relate to that person, but oh wait, that person. I also relate with, and I didn't think I'd relate with that person. Yeah, it's so, finding the, the small bits of common ground. You're not going to see every see you know uh, eye to eye with everybody about everything, but I think they all found their common ground: the hatred of school <laughs> and detention, <laughs> and uh, came together to rock out. Can I just it's say not, one thing? Not, yeah. Is how far back do you think they had to put the camera to get Judd Nelson's? nostrils in the frame because those things are enormous i think they filmed garden state outside of one of them that's those things were <laughs> they were massive and they, all the camera angles are always like this up view or whatever i'm like those things are just always flared out it always looks angry like a dragon sorry i digress my apologies <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, we have come to the 90s and I'm going to we're going to pause for a quick break and we'll be (laughs) back momentarily. All chains. All All right. And we are back. It's time for us to go into quite possibly the greatest decade of all time, (laughs) mainly because it was the decade I remember the best. Another coat. The 1990s. I did have a leather coat. Um, I wasn't Nabil. Yeah, Jared, you and your fancy dungarees over it. there. I didn't have a leather trench. Yeah. Jared and his Jordache jeans. It wasn't the whole dust there. Uh, what else were you wearing back then? Your, your air walks? Yeah. Jared, yeah, you did have a leather coat, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're like... Yeah, your leather coat wasn't 
Yeah, you were a little less grease, a little bit more like uh, used car salesman, Jared, with your leather coat. <laughs> All right, so kicking off the 90s, um, this was easy for me, this one, because... Um, so set the scene in 1991. All right, very early on in the decade... You take a um, what's that, Jared? I was five. You were five. Oh, okay, got it. I was, I was going back to ninety-one. Thank you, Jared. You're painting a picture. I was just Jared. Your picture is probably a hand turkey. <laughs> I have arrived. It was. It was the number Fair five. Enough. I'm there. So, nineteen ninety-one, and we pull out a young. FBI recruit to solve quite possibly the most gruesome well I guess it's not really the murders but we're trying to solve the case of a senator's daughter being kidnapped and she has to enlist the help of a deranged serial killer by the name of Hannibal Lecter in order to help nail down who they're calling Buffalo Bill. But yes, they are investigating the murders because Bill, Buffalo Bill is skinning all his victims. So, to me... And hanging out with Bayou Billy. It's very similar to The Legend of Bayou Billy. So, to me, you take... You have a horror-slash-thriller in the, you know, sort of genre, and you put anything with, like, mystery or crime in there too like you instantly have my attention and they created i think a very underrated sort of uh horror villain in hannibal lecter um of being this brilliant mind but so deranged at the same time and uh it was very realistic you know it wasn't like he didn't have superpowers he would just outthink you and then you know and and it was over so um quite possibly one of my favorite movies of all time i watch it probably every six months i'll put it on and i even though it's a long movie i cannot get enough of it i love silence of the lambs when was the first time you watched silence of the lambs um honestly like i had a pretty fucked up childhood so we watched a lot of like are and pretty scary movies like back at a very young age so i probably watched it when it came out i didn't see it in theaters for sure but i i probably watched it very soon after um back when they would have it on pay-per-view so it'd be fresh out of the theaters and then you'd go on pay-per-view and you could call on your touchtone phone and rent it for like 4.99 um pretty sure i watched it on pay-per-view and uh scared the shit out of me um very creepy especially the scene um with the night vision goggles oh man that just like takes your breath away but also i had one of the greatest rock legends of all time uh, on the soundtrack tom petty oh shit i forgot about that yeah yeah when uh one did he do well uh it's when the girl's driving right before she gets kidnapped by buffalo bill she's singing american girl in the car and it just has like this like um, uh, it sort of really sets the scene because it's like this up-tempo song, you know, like girl next door kind of thing. And she's driving, singing along at the top of her lungs in her car to like bop, 
you know, you're in the back of a van and you're going to, you know, you're going to see your, uh, your fate there. So, um, I thought it really kind of set the tone for, um, for the movie and, uh, that it was a great, great choice, but also, uh, the whole, um, the Buffalo Bill, uh, dance scene in the mirror to, um, goodbye horses by Q Lazarus. Yeah. That's <laughs> iconic. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that there's a person that you couldn't like, you know, mention a couple lines from that movie who wouldn't be able to identify it or at least be like, oh, I've heard that before. What movie is it from? You know? Yeah. So I thought you were talking about the Island of Dr. Moreau actually in the beginning. <laughs> you would. No, I just get it. I'm just at that point where I started freaking out. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were uh, talking about who framed, who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> framed Roger Rabbit. Oh God. That is such a good movie though. too. It really is. I know Andy was hoping I was going to say uh, face off. Can we splice? <laughs> I was thinking it when you said FBI. I'm like, is he going with face off? No, I'm not like, going I love that. Off. <laughs> God damn it! All right. Well, I I hate to to act with any um, you know, sense of uh, pride there, but uh, I'd I'd love to see one of you guys top that pick. Um, Jared, you're up. <laughs> I'm going with the 92 heist flick, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Nice. Ooh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tim Roth, Steve Buscemi. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> Are you a doctor? I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many. It's I... been a minute since I've seen it, but... It's still so over the top. And it's still like one of those like... Wow. Even now, with everything getting more shocking and just pushing more and more, it's still, it still hits. Yeah. It's crazy how, how much older it is than you think it is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's like, I was like, yeah, super almost like more set. like mid 90s or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the early, early 90s. That's the one that started it all for Terrence, you know? Yep. I also had a, uh, which Pulp Fiction was only a couple of years after that, right? Yeah, a year or two after. We better check our facts. We don't want to give anyone the wrong information. I I, I think most of what I say is misinformation. Ish. And he's like, it's going to rain on Thursday. 94-ish. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I mean, I didn't say what Thursday. It could rain on Thursday. <laughs> well, it's fair. All right, Bill. Come on, top it. Because mine's going to top all of it anyway. We're, I, we already know what you're going to say, Andy. Yeah, Pulp Fiction's 84. FYI. 84, Jared? Wow. You mean 94? <laughs> That's it, was, that, 94. it was 94? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. I but, thought it was 92, but yeah. 94 sounds right, though. No, Reservoir Dogs was 92. So that oh. one was just like two years right after that. Right yeah, we're good. Well, speaking of good, uh, there's a special, a special feeling with Burger, with the way that a father's love permeates that even with a divorce can't see his children finds a way. <laughs> Going with maybe one of the greatest comedies of all time. Here is we talked about him. This is it's time. Robin Williams. 
Bring Boom. I almost picked that. I almost picked that movie. I, so good. I, it, it just the, the voiceover work that he does, magnifique. I, <laughs> the the anxiety. That, and it's Robert Williams, so it's always fun. When he does have his face on, but they're coming in, and he just boom right in the cake. That's what I would do too. <laughs> oh, I just remember him, Mister Billing. Yeah. With like a, a bunch of pies on fire or something, and turned around and did. <laughs> oh no! I, and, and one of the best comedies of all time. I had sti- literal stitches from uh, this movie. Man, I, Home Alone. Home Alone was in there, but I already got a John Hughes movie. I give you some stitches. Yeah. That little kid probably caught a murder charge. At you least. know what? Though? I felt in so bad for Robin Williams because one in the movie I watch it, and then like when I got older and watched it, I'm like, man, this is a good movie. But then I'm like, why are they getting a divorce? Like, why is mom being such a bitch? He's just yeah. having a good time with his kids. And then like now that I have kids, I still don't understand why she's being a bitch because it's like you know that's a good thing for kids. That had to be the friction in the story. Is it because Andy. of Pierce Brosnan? I mean, I think that's what's going on. I think she he was, was very hunky in that an movie. affair with Pierce Brosnan before. And that when okay. he, <laughs> he had that party for the kids, she just decided, well, you know what? I'm already having this affair. This is a good excuse to throw out my yeah, deadbeat husband. Yeah. You yeah. thought this one through. All right, you all due respect, all right. If you had Pierce Brosnan or that schlub Robin Williams standing next to each other, I mean, I'm just going to say. Robin Williams every <laughs> Robin time. <laughs> he's like super yeah. hairy, so he's going to keep you warm in the winter. Granted, Oops. they're in Seattle, so it's probably not that cold. But He's the funnier than two. Chilly. He's the wild card. He he's the wild card. He brings spice to your life because you're having a you don't know what he's gonna be like any day. He's just the wild. You need a wild card. You bring all those voices out. Was he unemployed in that movie? He had a job. No. He didn't want to support smoking bang in the job, bang. so they fired him for his like Captain Hook. Is like mm, Robin. Is that really the uh, the cartoon was smoking and he was like, ugh. It's uh, bad for my. It's bad for me. Oh, smoking kills. Don't smoke, kids. And then they were like, "Stop doing that, or you're fired." And he left. All right, Andy. So I'm gonna go back to my original point. He was unemployed, right? <laughs> he just got laid off. He could have got unemployed. Fucking tobacco. Yeah, they get laid off. They fired him. Company, they were- fucking tobacco company. Once again, screwing people over. Hey, right, Peter. Well, I think, Bill, that's an excellent choice. Uh, Thank you, again, Eric. I think it was uh, P- definitely PG, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, when I when I hear it back, I'm like, well, there is, there's a fair bit of uh, swearing in that. Mm. Yeah, surprised. the 90s, everything was PG. <laughs> that's true. Well, no, back bullshit. That's a big one because I did. That was a whole thing. Oh, wait, no, it was broadcast TV, right? South Park. Yeah. No, it was when they had it and they said it like 150 times or something the first time they could actually say it without getting in trouble. Yeah. Well, I think like in yeah. censorship, there's all those rules where it's like you can say certain words as long as you're not referring to them as being like something specific like you can say like 
you know, uh, you could call someone an asshole, but you couldn't reference someone's asshole. But referencing an asshole is the actual mm. medical kind of thing. So that's like saying referencing. I mean, if you want to reference an asshole, you, Jared, that, you just go ahead. All right, it's their dick. <laughs> You could on a medical <laughs> drama, though. Like, you know what I mean? No, they like, couldn't. You can't reference They're going to censor that in a medical drama? Yes. No, but you can't say, no, hey, look at Jared's ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared. Jared, let's just reference an asshole and go to Andy and let him pick his 90s. You know, <laughs> I get a lot of shit in this group. All right. And I am, I do nothing. I got nothing but love for everybody. You know, I listen to your problems. All right, Wick. I understand you got the PP problems. <laughs> I bought you those condoms. PP problems? For your Perform Act. And you've been sour ever since. Yeah. But. <laughs> so I. That's for, an, that's for another show. My movie that I picked is a movie so great that they stopped making this type of genre afterwards for years. Whoa. The movie is The Western Unforgiven. After Clint Eastwood's Western, they stopped making Westerns because for a while. They and were like, because the Westerns were already just movie. copies of all the old samurai shit from back in the 50s. No. is if, <laughs> if you watch Unforgiven, completely understand because it took the Western and it turned it, it upside it, yeah, down. Right back to the fucking back East. Because he's an old retired cowboy. <laughs> and they were like, hey, like, Guy comes out of nowhere and says, I need your help. These guys, they, you know, they basically, you know, beat up a, you know, a whore. We need your help. And they, they talk about all the things Clint Eastwood did when he was younger. And it references, you know, kind of the old Westerns I used to watch with my dad, like the good, the bad, the ugly, a fistful of dollars and stuff. More. And you realize as you're watching it that, yeah, everyone thought he was this great cowboy, but he was a terrible fucking person. And all those people that idolized all these terrible cowboys, because they mention a bunch of different ones as they come in, were just terrible people. They were just awful. And you could not no longer fantasize about being a cowboy after that and that rebel, that gunslinger, because you realize that they just sowed destruction and chaos and ruined their own lives. Clint Eastwood even talks about how he doesn't remember half of it because he was drunk all the time. And that he didn't, he only changed his ways because he met his wife and she wouldn't put up with his shit. And he tried to be an honest man. She gets sick. She dies. He ends up going back to this. And it's awful. And you realize that, yes, being one of those cowboys was, in fact, awful. Andy, when you first said they don't make this genre anymore, I was going to say, <laughs> well, I think they still make hentai, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that I've seen it. And if I did see it, I saw it like in 1991, in probably when it came out. Okay. Well, anyway. So well. Yeah. I never oh saw my it. God. Watch it. It is great. Morgan Freeman's in it. It's a phenomenal film. Clint well, Eastwood Morgan. Be there. Yeah. But speaking of Morgan Freeman, Andy, you told us before that your favorite movie was Shawshank Redemption. So I'm kind of surprised that. I know, but I, I picked genres and I assumed someone was going to pick Shawshank. I was like, we're all such Shawshank fans. Someone's going to grab it. Yeah, I fucked up, too, because um, I was trying to scoop Andy with a Robin Williams movie. And uh, I almost picked this to doubt. Yeah, I was like, I should have went with Dumb and Dumber, but 
Well, I hate. I was going to reference um, Shawshank Redemption when I was talking about Escape from Alcatraz as being a Prison Break movie, but um, I was like, Andy's going to pick it in like twenty minutes, so I better not say anything. I thought you guys were going to everyone. I was like, no, someone's going to have Shawshank. I th- I I, Andy, I we all said last week that you were going to pick Shawshank. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to throw out the Lion King, but. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. There are. There, there is. Really are. That's why I broke it down to genres, and I was like, you know what? Encino Man. The Mummy. Oh my god, I love Encino Man. <laughs> love Encino Man. That's the winner. Such. I love Pauly Shore. I'm sorry. I know people give Pauly Shore shit. Son-in-law, Encino <laughs> Man, in the army now. I was a huge Pauly Shore fan. I still am. I would watch a Pauly it's Shore dumb, movie if it came funny. out now. It's like- <laughs> Biodome. I watched them all and I laughed so hard when Jury I was duty. They knew their audience and they were good. Jury duty. God, jury duty was so good. Well, can I just say that I was very disappointed that nobody picked an Ernest movie? <laughs> I know. I, oh I, my god, Ernest. Hold on. Ernest scared stupid. Yeah, still in the Well, that through the 80s, I had to go back because I was going to do Ernest scared. Wait, is Ernest scared stupid? 80s or 90s? It could be 1990s. Uh, yeah, I think it it's like right up very there. early 90s. Ernest goes to jail. There, there's Ernest saves movies. Christmas was my favorite. Oh, that was a good one. Ernest saves. See, but the problem is, it's like for kid movies, there's just so many. You could, I could watch an I could watch an Ernest movie and, and laugh my ass. Yeah, I think we we'll have I plenty of opportunity to do like you know favorite 91. sports movie favorite. Yep. 91. I watch it every Halloween, so yeah, it's still relevant. It, it is the best, but yeah, you're right. We can we can do that. Better. It is that Gremlin was kind of creepy too. It was. Also, Andy, just so you know, you went last, so you could have picked Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nobody picked it. No, but I, 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 holy shit! I have two DVDs here, Bill. And, and this do is, not open it. This is a, it's probably worth like a hundred dollars. It's gonna be worth so I, much. First of all, I like how Jerry gets up off of his couch, takes three steps away, and comes back <laughs> with an Ernest Saves Christmas movie. Like he had a catalog, like the fucking Dewey Decimal System over there. And it's completely wrapped too. Like the- yeah, it's like he buys them. And he buys two copies, one that he opens and one that he keeps in mint condition for Christmas. Jared has four DVDs and one of them is Ernest. It's Christmas. You are. <laughs> yeah. Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> the binder, like everything else I have is in a sure. He only keeps like the, the bangers close by. I don't actually have anything in He's got pieces. one. He's actually got two copies. He's, everything else is, is under. Is cataloged under Boner Jams, ninety-eight. Uh, Andy's Andy's hentai collection. Once he had kids, he had to get rid of it. That one is still bumping. Call Andy's hentai box. Uh, Caitlin made me get rid of it once she got pregnant with Vin. Fair enough. All right, so uh, we are in the home stretch, and we are in the two thousands. Which man could you could look back and think it was kind of a trash heap of movies, but um, there were some there were some delights in there, and I'm hoping that we were able to uh, to select them. Before we start on that, did you guys just stay strictly to the aughts? I did. Yeah, I did too. I I, I did. Yeah. yeah, the the doubles. 
I mean, the single. All right. 2000 to 2009 is where I, I did my kind of, well, 2010. Probably could, though. Hold on, let me just double check. I mean, we left it pretty uh, vague, so it's all good if you do pass that, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think. Um, I think after a certain movie, though, there's no reason to make any other movies, so it's all good. I agree with that 100%. I wonder if we're and gonna I, I don't know if we're going to be on the same page. <laughs> but. All right, Jared, you get the first choice in the 2000s. Hit us with your best shot. All right, personally, 2000s. I'm going to go with the 2009 Zombieland. Nice. Oh, not a bad one, movie one of the few things that I actually caught in theaters when it was in theaters in that decade. I thought you were going to go with Ghost Rider, but. I mean, <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, you're a huge Nick Cage fan. <laughs> Jared, you're wearing a you're Ghost Rider shirt right now. Handy still. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to mention Nick Cage because he gets mentioned every single podcast. We already mentioned him with face off. I just want to slip. <laughs> I did. I want to mention him again. Oh, I'm hoping he'll join us yeah. for the podcast. We ask him, I bet he would join us. I'm out. He charges cameo prices. <laughs> Me forty dollars. Sure. We can afford five dollars. I'll pay five. Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg. So good. The chick that was in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. What the hell? I that? hate Jesse Eisenberg. Abigail, I feel like Res- he really Res- Reslin, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson. I shouldn't say I hate Jesse Eisenberg. I just don't like his acting style. Woody Harrelson was excellent. Excellent. Woody Harrelson, what movie is he not good in, though? The Cowboy like, Way? I've not seen a Woody Harrelson movie that I haven't liked. <laughs> I haven't seen The Cowboy Way, so then that might... I'm not gonna it's that a he and Kiefer Sutherland playing cowboys in New York City. Yikes. In the 90s. I might... The Highway Men? The Cowboy Way. You're saying that one? I liked Three Men and a Baby. So like oh. All right, well, let Jared continue talking about Zombieland. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Bill Murray, right? That's most of it. Murray was that was- a few little. Yeah, Bill Murray. Came <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna say the few little the cameos. Bill, in the it Bill Murray pretty much made was it one of me. the most memorable and funny. I, yeah, I died. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, it was still tender. I, oh. it was like, uh, <laughs> event. like I popped so much yeah. when Bill Murray came out. Like I, I think that was one of the few movies in the aughts that I went to the theater also, and when Bill Murray was on there, like the whole crowd was stoked. That was great. Oh, I just saw Eddie Van Halen. How's he doing? I <laughs> uh, just played nine holes with Eddie Van Halen. Oh, how's he doing? <laughs> He's a zombie. <laughs> too soon, Jared. Too soon. All right, Bill, is, you're up. Actually. Oh, this is tough now. Were you going to pick Zombieland? No. Uh, then it should be that. It's, it's between literally my favorite movie, but I, I'm also putting in that uh, stipulation, if there's these two movies on the TV at the same time. Yeah, which one would I'm going to go with the Royal Titan Moms. Uh, okay. That is a good uh, I went down movie. your way too. I was almost a good movie. It's, yeah. 
if that's on TV, I have to watch it. The, the Ben still just every but every single character is so well defined and it is literally the most hilarious movie. The the, the dry wit and every it, incredible, incredible. Is that your favorite movie of all time? I loved the dark. Comedies. No, no. What's your favorite movie of all time? It, I just want to know that. It's really stupid. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. No, but that was on the list just for how many fucking times we went to see that. In the yeah, that was back in me. Uh, the Departed was going to be that, but I can't. But if Don't I'm going to watch something okay. on TV and watch The Departed anytime, the Royal Titan Moms is going to have me s- sitting there really invested in each character. And I uh, you lost in translation. Whatever you do. movie. Well, the depart the part of Kaylin watch it. She didn't. The part was super He's, derivative of that Japanese movie, Infernal Affairs. They basically copied it. So, if you want originality, I a, <laughs> yeah, I have another one on my list that also was stolen from Japan, but that was only for. No, no. Well, I'm gonna let everybody else. We'll go, all right, we'll go through our list. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm I'm picking mine. And I, I think we all knew what it was going to be. The Lord of the Rings. Trilogy. Yeah. So, not enough. That you can't pick a trilogy. I just picked a trilogy. I just did it. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to piss you guys off. But Andy, I'll rewind the tape. You Minutes ago, or I guess hours ago now, because we've been on this for very long, <laughs> you told Bill that he can't pick two movies from the 70s, and now you're picking three. I know he didn't. I picked, I, but I knew what I was going to do. That, I, do I do what I say, not what I do, okay? <laughs> love God. No, you, you, you get, you get God, you're such a father. You get the franchise, but if you have to pick one of those movies, yes. which one would you pick? Well, I was going to go into, if I had to pick one, like, I love the franchise, obviously, mm-hmm. but if I had to pick, if I'm like, if I have, if someone's like, hey, Andy, you have to choose one of these to watch, it's always going to be the first one. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, because... I just I love the 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 shire. How far did they get? The getting. I mean, they get pretty far. I mean, they get right out of Casa Doom, right as Gandalf dies. And they get a little farther. Yeah, okay. They get yeah. Gladriel's land, and then Frodo leaves. So they get yeah. very far. The two towers you know that- was amazing. In Return of the that King, that was the huge battle. Absolutely amazing. But the the first one is so crucial to setting up the story. There's no. I'm end- not gonna lie. So it's the wrong oh, answer. Yeah, that's true. I think I would go a Hobbit over the Lord of the Rings. I had just watched well, the Hobbit, like the new one for the first time. The Hobbit's very cool. I watched all three of them a it's couple great. months ago now. But like I liked the way the way they did it and the graphics and everything. Visuals were not as dated as I will say for Lord of the Rings. No, I I love yeah. the Hobbit trilogy as well. Um, that but I did I did early two thousands. That's why I kind of did my cut up two thousand yeah. ten, and so that's why I was like, no, I'm gonna pick the this the, this trilogy. But I was going to if I had to pick one, it's definitely the first one because I just remember like I mean the minute the music started to play, I I must have seen that like ten times, and I saw the other ones probably close to that as well. But that first one, it just it sets the scene for you, the tone of the hobbits, like, and you get that sense of urgency as they're going along. And then 
right at the end, Gandalf dies pretty much. And you just have that sense of dread and loss. And then you had to wait another year, year, like, yeah, <laughs> a year to watch yeah. the next movie. So it's like. I see, that's when we, you and I became friends, though, because uh, I had not seen it and you had lent it to me. Um, and then I think the, the, the second and the third I went to see in theaters. But the, uh, the first one I had seen, you're like, no, you have to see this. It was such a it, it was it's great and Bolomir, I, I love Bolomir, and he's only in the first one and he's such a flawed character yeah. but i i enjoy yeah. him very much you know who else is a flawed character the ants <laughs> they are not okay they are not flawed. they just don't know where their wives are because their wives are dead <laughs> where'd they go they could be gone I may come back. Totally, people asked Tolkien where they were, and he said he didn't know. He said, you know, people assumed yeah. that maybe they died well before the the War of the Ring. Because mm. they lived more oh. in the grasslands and and stuff like that. And then the ants didn't know where yeah. they were because they lived in the forests. So the assumption is that they kind of got killed probably in the first War of the Ring. Hmm. Well, I think it's a whole this cycle. answer is longer than the whole trilogy. So <laughs> I just got sleepy listening to that description of the movie. No wonder why I've never okay, seen it. Okay, those movie. movies are huge. If any one of these podcasts goes, <laughs> it's going to be this one. It's going to be the most popular because, it's of, because of that. And it, yeah. All right, probably. fair enough. Well, I, I, for mine, I, I didn't choose a trilogy, but I'm hoping that. The entire um, 10, all 10. This, uh, this, this did. did to the capping off the uh, list with some justice here. So justice League. going a little bit different of a direction. I've got a dark comedy here, 2009 rounding off a perfect decade. <laughs> Bill got a smirk on his face. Okay. So you have some of my favorite things in this movie. Okay. I, I know we had them in the nineties, but we got Robin Williams Okay, we got Bobcat Goldwaith. We've got Death by Masturbation, <laughs> and we've got Bruce Hornsby. Can you name World's a better movie dad. than World's Greatest Dad? <laughs> wow! All right, if you haven't seen it, I haven't. It's a brilliant movie. So basically, Robin Williams um, plays a. He's he's a English he's a, teacher. Yeah, he's an English teacher, or he teaches poetry. Yeah, he teaches poetry or write or creative writing, I guess. Um, at this like uh, it's probably like a, a Catholic school almost, or at least a private school. Anyway, he's he's basically he's a teacher, but he's also a failed writer. He's constantly trying to send stuff in to get published, and um, doesn't really have a lot of luck. He's got. Uh, he's a defor um no he's a widow widower and he's got a son that goes to that same school and his son is an absolute like freak pervert think of like Danny A at his peak like <laughs> he's just like messed up beyond and he doesn't get along with his dad he's just like a total creepo but you know the dad obviously loves him and so uh, to make a very long movie short, essentially the kid dies in a masturbation accident from autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> and Robin Williams finds him 
and he is overwhelmed with sadness, but he decides to hang him up on his closet like coat rod to make it appear that he committed suicide. And he writes a suicide note and puts it in his pocket and then calls the police. So it turns out the suicide note is like this really well-written, you know, um, recap of the kid's life who was a total schmuck. And the, the um, suicide note gets pub- like passed around the school and all the kids who hated this kid at school all of a sudden decide that they're like, wow, I really want to know, know more about him. Did, did he write anything else? And so Robin Williams starts creating all this writing that he pretends that his kid did and becomes really popular because he's like sort of doing it on the back of his dead child. So he's going on shows like, you know, like a Maury Povich type show and he's gaining all his popularity and friendship. And he starts like, he gets the girl he wants and all this stuff is happening well in his life for the first time. And at the end he realizes he doesn't want any of it. So he admits what happened, um, at this, um, school function where they're dedicating like a library wing to him or something and um uh they they invite bruce hornsby because he tells all the kids at school that bruce hornsby was his kid's favorite uh, music artist bruce hornsby comes and plays mandolin rain and um basically the movie uh ends with robin williams uh streaking through the school and um he dives off of this like very high diving board into a pool to um uh queen bowie's under pressure and it's just such a perfect movie it's like a again it's a dark comedy it's very different um and i think it like it's humorous in all the right ways. It's got a great soundtrack as well. Like I said, Bruce Hornsby on it. But one one sort of a fun fun factoid is that when Robin Williams passed away, a lot of people like talked about his depression and um, people like they use one quote that he said quite a bit on like a lot of his pictures. And the quote is, "I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not." The worst thing in life is ending up with people who make you feel all alone. Now, that's not a Robin Williams quote. He says that in the movie. It's one of the lines in the movie. But it's so sort of like so profound in the way that how the movie is, is that he wants to like be so well liked. And he realizes that when it's like all these phony, vapid people that are the ones that like you and they're the ones surrounding you, that it makes you feel all alone. So... Anyway, if you haven't seen it, <clears throat> 2009, it's an excellent movie. It's hilarious and um, sad and everything at the same time. So that's what I got. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a good one. That sounds awesome. Uh, so yeah, we really uh, ran the <laughs> gambit here. We had a lot of <laughs> a lot of excellent choices. Yeah. It, um, it- I ruined it once again and tried to pick more than one yeah. for <laughs> my number one. Another pick. That's fair, though, because you only got to pick Ball one for each decade, so that's kind of fair that you had to tie for one. That's okay. Yeah, it, it was tough. It you was you tough. can't tie for number two on your list of five, though. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where you went wrong. <laughs> so much that's better. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, what's funny is I... I didn't want to think too much more about my choices, you know, sort of like I kind of went with my gut for the most part. I was like, all right, this is a movie that jumps to mind and this is what I'm thinking of or whatever. But um, 
I only went back and really looked at the eighties to try to find like where maybe I missed an opportunity. And that's when I ended up changing my mind. But, um, the two thousands, I did not look back. It was like my choice. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of weird stuff. Like even like when you said garden state, like I haven't seen that. I used to love that. Yeah. All there I'm was sure a lot be- of great movies in their own right. And so we could, this list could go on and on it's and been on. It's been such a long time since For I've seen sure. most. You probably have a top five Zach Braff movies. Yeah. I was going to do What We Do in the Shadows. That was going to be my 2000s pick. Hilarious. That was 2014. Um, I I will say that, like, all of the 80s was one that I, like, there were so many different movies in there. The 90s is really tough because, like, there's two movies that definitely jumped out to me that I was like, I could pick either of these movies because I've seen them a million times each, and I love them both for very different reasons. So obviously the one I picked was Silence of the Lambs, but the other one that I didn't pick was Goodfellas. Ooh, those are both really great. I love Goodfellas. The 90s for sure. I love, I kind of love those like period pieces. Like that wasn't like a total period piece because it kind of ran, you know, a a bunch of different decades. But I love like sort of those period pieces of like 1950s New York. Like I just think that like those, those movies are always so cool because I just love that, like that scenery, you know. Um, All the noir. Yeah. So like the fact that it started out like in that, you know, in that kind of uh, zone, I think made it very interesting. And, um, Again, I, I saw it as a child so many times, you know, like I probably had it memorized by the time I was in third grade. So <clears throat> Gary, get the paper, get a, the paper. A, did you have a tough decision on uh, any of the decades for you? Kind of what I ended up doing was I just wrote a list of like five for each just to give myself. It. And I don't think I honestly have my favorites down here but I can't remember them at the moment. Like, I feel like it's one of those things, like, I don't remember what it is, but I know that there's something out there that I would want to definitely put down. Ernest is sort of the back of your head. Yeah, pretty much. Went over to his DVD cabinet and he said, well, I have two Ernest Saves Christmas. So <laughs> one of these must be. All right, well, why don't we uh, wrap up the show here? Um, we're going to be back um, hopefully next week or the following week with a brand new topic we're going to be picking um a a stable of four wrestlers and uh kind of creating our own our own brackets and uh we'll we'll get more into it once we hash out all the details but be prepared for a wrestling extravaganza next week watch out brothers (laughs) make sure you uh say your prayers and take your vitamins all right, well, this is uh, the 413 Podcast signing off with the rest of the PCB boys. Catch y'all later. See you back at you. Peace. <laughs> See ya.